listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And uh, it's uh, good as always to be chatting with you and uh, good to be chatting with a return guest of the show. Yeah, yeah. One of the very earliest guests on the show. I think we recorded all the way back in... I want to say 2018, but time is immaterial, and I'm honestly not sure. Yeah, I have no idea. I know that like, I, I ended up speaking at a conference uh, due to uh, connecting with this guest. Yeah. Um, There's and, a lot of knowledge, very well and, known in the industry. In uh, New Orleans, uh, which was a great excuse to travel to New Orleans, <laughs> I've got to say. And I, I don't, like, whether that was 10 years ago or 10 months ago, I honestly have no idea. It's, but I'm sure the talk went well. Yeah, I think from what I remember of it, I think it was fine. <laughs> well, it is New Orleans. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I did, I, there were a few steps taken in that trip to ensure forgetfulness. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Don't call it Bourbon Street for nothing. <laughs> well, yeah. look, uh, but yes, in all seriousness, lovely to be uh, chatting with today's guest. Let's, let, let's uh, uh, lift the covers, as it were, yeah. and uh, let, let our listeners in on who we're chatting. Exactly. So joining us today is Mike Powers. Mike is the Director of E-Commerce and Digital at the Alaska Rubber Group. Welcome to the Cooler Ring, Mike. Gentlemen, great to be back. How's everyone doing? Yeah, and, and Mike, I think you were with, I'm, I'm trying to remember the company. Hill and Marks. Yeah, Hill and Marks before. And how long have you been with the Alaska Rubber Group? So Alaska Rubber Group, uh, a little over two years. Uh, wow. Talk about time, right? Whether it's 10 months or 10 days, feels like it was, uh, it's been two weeks to be honest. But yeah, a little over two years, uh, gentlemen, I've been with the uh, the Alaska Rubber Group. Perhaps uh, just let our listeners know a, a bit more about the Alaska Rubber Group. Like, how big is your organization? What is it that you do? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'd, I would love to. So um, the Alaska Rubber Group, we are a distributor and light manufacturer of hose and fittings uh, in the hydraulic and industrial uh, space. Okay. So we are, and, and the great thing about this company is we're an employee owned company. And so um, we're based out of Anchorage, Alaska, but we have branches spread out all, all over Alaska, as well as Washington and Oregon as well. And so, um, you know, all of our branches have uh, showrooms where customers can walk in, come to a counter and be able to have custom assemblies either repaired, replaced or completely built from scratch. And so it's been in a uh, it's been a fantastic uh, organization led by our fearless leader Mike Mortensen. Uh, but uh, the reason I bring up an employee-owned uh, ESOP uh, as the uh, kind of the, the the describer or description of the company is it's unbelievable to see employee owners uh, of this organization really you know take ownership at every single branch because you know at the end of the day this is their company and so it's been super super exciting to work with all those employee owners especially with driving you know the adoption of our b2b e-commerce platform and this has kind of been your shtick i mean yeah. uh, you introduced b2b e-com in your previous role and uh, clearly have been brought into Alaska Rubber Group to do the same thing. I think it is interesting, though, I mean, just to focus a little bit on the on the employee ownership part, because it does bring a different dynamic 
to the table over a more traditionally structured corporation. Eh? We have a client who is an employee-owned organization, and it does change the dynamic around approvals and things like that. So. It does. It does. And in my career, I've had the experience to be in the startup uh, world. I've been, you know, in the corporate world as well as uh, at Hilla Marks, uh, a family-owned business. You know, third-generation family-owned business, and it's, uh, yeah, the ESOP model is is very intriguing. And I keep on seeing, you know, especially coming out of COVID, you know, folks that are talking about what are some of the organizations that are are that are out there that you know employee uh, potential or prospective um, employees can align with and i'm just seeing that there's a, a there's a a pretty big attractiveness to the esop model you know it's almost like the modern day uh, pension right because there's a there's a stock price and everybody we were evaluated and everybody you just see the the from the the branch manager down to the guy in the back that is uh configuring or putting together an assembly you know i think we have over 80 percent of our employers are fully vested owners right so um it is a intriguing and really exciting model and, and to that point I, i'd also like to add that what I'm seeing in, in our industry is that, you know, there there's a lot of independent distributors in the hose and fitting space. And what we're also seeing is, you know, there's a lot of folks that are owners that are looking at retirement and maybe exiting the business and they don't feel like selling their business to Fastenal or Granger or a big box store. And so we're having conversations with these independents because the, these owners want their people to be taken care of. And so, you know, over the last six months, we've had two acquisitions uh, of independent distributors in our space join us because, uh, you know, the, the, those organizations want to know that their people are going to be taken care of and they're not going to disappear. They're going to be rolled up into the Alaska rubber group. That's going to allow us to grow and, and sustain. So, and, and even even the, these branches that are coming on, um, you know, are excited to grow as well. So there's no sun setting for them. They're, they're, they're excited to be part of this group. So the model uh, is really exciting to be part of. I think it's an interesting point that in some ways it's a, it may be a, a model whose time has come mm. uh, in this uh, given uh, a number of uh, components of the global dynamic right yeah. now. Um, you could probably do a whole show on how you use the ESOP as a marketing advantage for mergers and acquisitions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 100%. 100%. And, and if you guys don't mind adding, you know, what's intriguing or I think attractive to, um, you know, some of these folks that are in that position of either trying to figure out what to do with their business is that the Alaska Rubber Group, we feel as though led by Kristen Fail, our head of uh, acquisition mergers and acquisitions, is that we're developing a blueprint or uh, a, a, a basically a, uh, a master guide, right? Because when we talk to one of these independents and we kind of audit or understand what their technology stack looks like, maybe what their what solutions they're using for the, the financial part of the business, we're realizing that we're well positioned with a, a very good ERP. We have a best-in-class B2B e-commerce platform. We're using business texting. We're looking to do uh, uh, buy online pickup store integrations and locker integrations. So what, and I, the list goes on, right? We're using uh, Proton AI for sales. So, uh, you know, again, I can continue going down, going down the path of all of these different, uh, you know, digital, uh, you know, technologies we're, we're, we're using. But when we have one of these branches that come on board, 
we now have a blueprint on how to roll them into our, our company. And, you know, with a, a switch of a button, we can get them active on all of the platforms I just mentioned, and we can start serving that customer base in that market that that distributor has, uh, you know, worked with for, for such a very long time. So that blueprint is being built. And I do believe that would be a great episode for you guys, for sure. <laughs> I think it'd be interesting to uh, to unpack that a little bit, especially after you've um, uh, implemented it a few times mm -hmm. to see kind of you know what level of immediate lift do you see in the yes. you know yeah. first quarter post integration things of that nature. Uh, so uh, you know, I like the fact that we're we're not even a, a fraction of the way into the second episode, and Mike's already negotiating his next show. <laughs> The royalties are going to be mad. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are too funny. <laughs> I, I want to go back because, you know, you said you've been there for, for two years now. And, uh, you know, you're the one who brought this, the knowledge on how to do this and, and kind of has helped drive it. Talk to us a bit about what it took to build. Because I, I, I think I remember when we, when we spoke, uh, you were saying, you know, it was about 16 months to kind of yeah. get this off the ground. What, what did that look like and how did you approach it? Uh, gentlemen, I think the one thing we need to start with is that, you know, I've been in two very different um, journeys, uh, one from the kind of bottom up to the top down approach of driving e-commerce or, or, you know, digital transformation. So I think it's important to start there because I think in my current role with the Alaska Rubber Group, um, my CEO, Mike Mortensen, had a whiteboard over his shoulder and it said B2B e-commerce. And he had it on his whiteboard for three and a half, four years to the point where when he originally put it up with a blue marker, um, by the time I started talking to Mike that it was completely faded and you couldn't even <laughs> erase it off the, the whiteboard. Why is that important to note? Because Mike... Um, Mike Mortensen and our board of directors were at a conference in Denver, Colorado, that was part of modern distribution management. And there was a talk there. And I believe it was the gentleman was John Gunderson that was talking about the importance of establishing the digital branch for your distribution business. And he went through examples of how distributors need to look at, you know, building an e-commerce website as if they're building or acquiring a, a new branch. It's it's your digital branch that you're locking that door onto the side of the business. So long story short, our board of directors and CEO walked out of that meeting saying that this needs to be as important as either acquiring a branch or building one from the ground up. Okay. And so they were all aligned in this uh, after leaving this conference in that we need to find somebody to drive or own this, um, this initiative. And so that was my, uh, I had an opportunity and introduction to the Alaska Rubber Group. And then we had many conversations and I laid out kind of my strategy and some of the success I had at, at, at uh, Hill and Marks. But, uh, you know, to rewind, when I was at Hill and Marks, it was a different scenario. It was the, the company's largest customer coming to them and saying, hey, if you don't offer online ordering to our users in the next 12 months, we're going to have to move to another distributor. So it was a, a different journey from uh, the Alaska Rubber Group where it was a top-down approach to, oh boy, our largest customer is saying they're going to leave us. What do we do? But in, in both scenarios, gentlemen, um, you know, once you get into the position or that first day after having lunch with the executive teams in, in both scenarios, you sit down at your, your desk and you realize, what do we need to 
What do we need to do? Right. And so in both scenarios, I will tell you evaluating vendors in the marketplace that could help us with product data, because I believe whether you're going to be, uh, you know, jumping into e-commerce with a light catalog or going full B2B e-commerce uh, with a, a large platform, having accurate information or product data on the products you sell is extremely important. Even if you're going to be beginning with getting that information into your ERP or giving it to your salespeople, customer service team, before even launching a website, making sure that you have accurate product information was probably the first initiative for both Alaska Rubber Group and Hilla Marks that I had to determine. And so that that piece, along with um, identifying a platform that would allow for us to give the B2B buyer the functionality that they need to manage their, their business with us, right? So... Gentlemen, B2B e-commerce to me is the ability to display pricing and availability, uh, customer-specific pricing for that distribution customer, right? Now, that's the baseline for me. The second piece of the puzzle that I'm going to highlight here is that you, in this day and age, we need to allow the B2B buyer to manage the way they'd like to buy from the distributor. I have in both Hill and Marks and uh, at the Alaska Rubber Group, we have customers that need to control how buyers are ordering from both Alaska Rubber Group and Hill and Marks. So a multi-level approval process, the ability to view and pay open invoices. So definitely different from B2C, but those are some of the product information and B2B uh, buying functionality were two pieces of the puzzle that we were really focused on in, in both journeys for me. And uh, it, it really allowed for us to to go out to the marketplace and, and, and realize that Unilog and in my opinion, was the platform that I've implemented at Hill and Marks and had success uh, with. But I also realized that for the Alaska Rubber Group, Unilog was going to be a player or a partner that we also potentially wanted to work with to provide product data, not only to Alaska Rubber Group, but to other hose and fitting companies that were part of our trade association. So th those were a couple of things of in, in the very beginning part of the journey that were important to us. Now, I think the, uh, the focus on uh, product information uh, early on, it makes yeah. sense, of course, because it cascades uh, across yeah. so many aspects of the business beyond e-commerce. Uh, I guess in, in each instance, how heavy a lift are we talking? I mean, because usually you're dealing with a lot of that information being uh, very analog. Uh, it needs to be captured and verified in some way. Um uh, disparate places yeah so uh i guess uh did you find were you able to check that box in the first six months did it take a year you know what great question it's not a project that has a start and completion date gentlemen it is an ongoing process what i mean by that is we uh, you're going to have some sophisticated uh, manufacturers that um have a pim offering they have product data they're actively distributing that data in some cases some of these manufacturers might be selling on amazon business and they realize that we need to have rich specifications and features but you also have manufacturers uh that are now trying to um understand the the strategy and realize that if we want to um, if we want to expect more revenue from the distribution channel, uh, 
that we need to provide them with product data so that they're able to to meet their their customers' needs, right? So, um, you know, you have a wide range of um, you know expertise in when it comes to product data. I will tell you that you know I've worked with our current vendor in Unilog in the past. They originally got their start in in working with uh, I, I believe Granger it was a, a long time ago, but um, they were able to work with or get a, a, a substantial amount of the product data from our, our large manufacturers. And when I say get, right, it means that there a lot of these distributors have the product data residing on their website. And that's fantastic. But we also got to realize that when you take in product data, from different in, different manufacturers across different product uh, product categories, there needs to be kind of a normalization or a cleansing the, of that data so that you're able to organize it and put it into a taxonomy which resides on a website. And I don't want to go too far down that because I know we could go in many different directions, but. Again, it's really important to note that you're not only going out to each of your manufacturers and pulling in that product data, you're pulling these data, these data sources or this product information from many different data sources. You still have to organize it and make sure that you can uh, put it into a product category or taxonomy that is easy for your customers to use. So it is a heavy lift and it's not a project that ever ends. I actually have a gentleman on my team, Justin, that that was both that was my first hire at both Hillenmarks and Alaska Rubber Group was our e-commerce merchandiser because every single day they need to be working in the product data, making sure that the website, the attributes, the features, the filters, everything is what it needs to to be to to be uh, useful for our end user. I mean the 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 structured part of structured data is the key here. <laughs> <laughs> Massive, yes, absolutely, and and to the point where and, and you guys brought it up and. And this is a different a different part of the the question you asked was, you know, one of the things I I tell B two B practitioners, and I just had this conversation at in Chicago at a Vision B two B, is you know you need to audit or understand what are the back end systems that you're working with before you start this journey. So you asked the question, you know, with Alaska Rubber Group, our journey of eighteen months to go live, I did not expect that. I did not expect that time frame. My expectation was going to be in the nine to 12 months range. But guess what? Unfortunately, that things change. And what I mean by that is that, you know, in our, our in our uh, relationship with our, our ERP, um, when we began working with our e-commerce vendor, um, we had about 80 to 90% of our um, API from our ERP mapped to our e-commerce platform. Unfortunately, or fortunately, you know, I'm still trying to debate, uh, our ERP vendor realized that Alaska Rubber Group is one of our largest customers and that if they're asking for um, a uh, an API for B2B e-commerce, we should probably invest in our API so that other distributors can offer e-commerce to their customers. And what ended up happening, gentlemen, was, uh, you know, uh, about, to two months away from go live, the decision was made to basically migrate to a new API. Hence why the time frame went from 12 months to 18. There was a kind of a, a remapping to a new API. But fortunately enough, you know, it's, it's a, uh, 
a hiccup that happened, but we are now well positioned for the future with this new API with our ERP as well. Are your digital marketing efforts bringing in too many junk leads? Stop wasting time and distracting your sales team. Account-based marketing can help give your marketing strategy the laser focus on qualified buyers that you need to increase your pipeline velocity, close more deals, and grow your business faster. We've created a sample manufacturing ABM plan to help you get started. Download the sample manufacturing ABM plan at bit.ly slash sample ABM. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash sample ABM. So I think we, we've kind of danced around this a, a, a little bit. You've kind of mentioned some of the bigger manufacturers that had their uh, had their uh, uh, work together, as it were, and, um, and and were able to provide you with, with fairly comprehensive data. Uh, I guess, you know, what has been your experience in that kind of manufacturer ecosystem overall? I guess, you know, are some of them still kind of trying to figure out if digital transformation is a, a is a thing um i swear it's going to take off uh, or <laughs> are most people um uh have they gotten with religion i guess what are, you, what are you saying i know you were just at that conference in chicago so maybe there's some yeah i i think uh, my, my um my observation is that I, I I still believe that um, even some of the larger manufacturers that are doing it, um, and many of them may have experience in B two C. I think there's many that are still trying to understand B two B and in 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 particular distribution and and how that kind of all comes together because when you're talking about uh dis distribution b2b e-commerce you're you have many manufacturers the first thing they think about is map pricing right um they're not even thinking right off the bat you know because they're worried about amazon and resellers of their products on amazon but when we're talking about you know a, a comprehensive e-commerce platform, um, we're looking at our partners asking, how do we get daily, weekly, or monthly updates of your product data so that if there's any digital assets that your marketing team is is creating and pushing out to the marketplace, that we're automatically feeding that into our into our PIM or our CMS so that we can get it online. And so um, when we have those discussions or we come to the table with those ask and many times gentlemen i've had um you know some of the the heads of e-commerce say that you know wow this is this is unbelievable we're excited to have a distributor that's thinking this way because i'll be honest with you there's there's not many distributors in the hose and fitting space that are currently offering a b2b e-commerce solution to their customers so this is this is still very new to our space even though you guys have been talking about it for a while and the you know digital transformation has been thrown around for a long time but in, in many cases um you know this is still somewhat new in our industry and so I, I do know that you know many of our manufacturers are building out their digital teams their their b2b e-commerce teams and i do believe that in the next you know year to two years that uh many of our manufacturers are going to understand and, and get these these teams fully ramped up so that you know distributors like the alaska rubber group and many others that I think are just now beginning the journey are going to be able to sync with the manufacturer and get all the necessary marketing, really good marketing material that would love to uh, be used on, on on our own websites. So it's interesting to note that, uh, you know, to your point, it's not something that's uh, 
particularly common in this space. E-commerce is fairly new uh, in the uh, hose and fittings category. So I'm curious, what has been the reception thus far? <clears throat> Excuse me. Are you seeing... Uh, um, uh, is the e-commerce uh, channel really about reducing some uh, costs uh, of, of of doing business or is it increasing share of wallet? So the great question and, and it's an important one. So one of the things that I think is really intriguing about our space is that that light manufacturing or that hose assembly that I mentioned to you at the beginning of the conversation, that has been this industry's moat to protect them away from the Amazons of the world, or even some of the larger big box stores, uh, or the, the, the Fastenals or the Applieds, or even the Grangers. Because what's happening on a daily basis at each of our branches is somebody is walking in with a broken hose with the a male fitting and a female fitting comes to the counter and says, Hey, this busted on our tractor or our, our water irrigation system or our Navy destroyer. We need to get it repaired. And that, that expertise behind the counter is going through asking questions, understanding what it's being used for. And then go, they go to the back of the room where they go into our, our, uh, the, the back of the store and they, they get to work, they do their magic. So that right now in, in our space, that can't be done digitally, right? There, there aren't too many. So it, that has been the, the late assembly or the ability for a customer to have something break on them and basically walk into our branch. That's not something that you can do on on some of those websites that I just mentioned to you. What I will tell you is, you know, in our journey today, we are kind of in the crawl phase. We have over 50,000 SKUs that are active on the Alaska Rubber Group website. You can uh, go through and find adapters and fittings and, and buy bulk hose. That's fantastic. Um, we are realizing that we have a substantial amount of our customer base that for a long time may have been going to some of the website, websites that I mentioned because we didn't offer online ordering. So that long, that long tail, maybe that, that tail at the end where they love the customer service, they love coming into our branches, but if it's Saturday morning and they have to place an order for a pickup, uh, they want to grab it by Monday afternoon, we weren't able to fulfill that need. So we are gaining back a, some of that lost market share on the tail where people were going away and uh, maybe uh, shopping online at some of those, those other websites that I mentioned. For our larger customers that are um, working with the oracles or SAPs of the world, you know we're getting convers we're getting meeting invites to hey does your platform integrate with Ariba or Coupa? Is there punch out integration? We want to roll this out to not only the fifteen or twenty users that are buying from Alaska Rubber Group, but you're our hose and fitting supplier. We want other users in our organization to, to start buying from you. So, you know, we're uncovering that our, and this is part of my customer adoption strategy. And I think we, on our last call, talked about that, you know, in the first year of Go Live, it is all about customer adoption. How do we make sure that our existing customers are aware of the platform? How do we int introduce some of that B2B uh, functionality that'll make their life easier? And how do we really focus on growing incremental revenue from new items? Because again, what's happening is our customers all of a sudden, and let's go back to the digital branch example, the lights are now on, our new branch is open. Well, 
our customers are now opening the door and walking the aisles of our digital inventory. So they're seeing 50,000 items online and being like, I had no idea you represented Interpac or Landa. So now not only our salespeople and folks in our branches, you know, going to customers that they've worked with, they're having new conversations about new items that they never, the customer just never knew existed. And that's happening because of our, our platform. That's an, an interesting little side benefit, yeah, right? just that like exposure. Discover the, mm. the ability for customers to now begin to discover for themselves. Yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. necessarily think of that as a driving thing that makes e-commerce even more <laughs> even better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, not in the industrial space. You just no. typically think, oh, you're serving into an existing need. There's a requirement. Yeah, they know you know, it's it not about uh, uh, the package of gum capturing your eye on the yep. checkout on your way out, yeah. right? I do, I do love though, like, you know, these counter guys being the, you know, they're, they're playing the line of the consultant. Well, how much is this? Well, it depends yeah. <laughs> like every time. Exactly. Exactly. You, gentlemen, you you nailed it because they, they're they're It's consultative selling, but they're subject matter experts. I mean, listen, there are scenarios where if a hose fails, it could be catastrophic. So it, it's not only consultative selling, it is, you know, in some cases, like we, you need that expert to understand what the use of this is going to be, uh, what the use of the, 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 the hose or fitting is so that they can make sure that it's assembled and certified uh, in, in the right way, right? We have the uh, folks up on the Alaska uh, pipeline on oil rigs and, and other, uh, you know, um, Navy, uh, um, Navy boats and it just, there's lifting and rigging equipment, you know, there's, there's scenarios where a customer is using our product in very strenuous circumstances. And we need, we need to make sure that it's there. I, I also want to add too, right, is that we, uh, in my experience at both Hill and Marks at, and the Alaska Rubber Group, we're realizing today, gentlemen, that the B2B buyer is comfortable and prefers to maybe do product research on their own, right? They want to self-discover. They want to be able to browse, right? But I will tell you that, you know, at the Alaska uh, Hill and Marks, we had close to 2,000 customers that were registered on the website, has it had a username and password, but they never purchased an order online. What they did was they logged in multiple times per day to see pricing and availability, their shopping list, but they still preferred to shop maybe through their sales rep or through their customer service uh, rep. So even the folks that may, you know, are uh, maybe uh, looking at uh, e-commerce or this uh, as maybe a little overwhelming, I will tell you that we do have customers that are still logging in, but are placing their, their orders uh, the, the way they've always placed. Oh, I think that's an important thing to note, even just from a ROI tracking perspective. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Even, even sales that don't, actually transact on yeah. the website are still driven by the web problem. It'd be it. So it's hard to look at this journey as a straight ROI conversation. And that's what from my, the, the, uh, the CEO all the way down, you can't look at it as what is the ROI or when is this platform going to be uh, paid off on? We're already seeing that. And I break the silo up uh, or the strategy into three things, right? It's um, it's incremental revenue from existing customers. It's those 30 to 40 customers per minute that are on our website across the United States that found us through Google 
that we're getting new customers and new revenue from them as well. And then it's the organizational efficiencies. We're realizing that we're saving time and effort and money in some cases in some workflows in our business that are not necessarily straight ROI from, uh, you know, scenarios from the website. There isn't a KPI or a metric or a dashboard that we're able to evaluate that, but it's an unseen or unheard benefit of having this platform. I think it's it's good though, because you are able at least to report on the number of people who have an account, have logged in and looked at pages, yes. but not necessarily made a purchase. And you know, if they're using it for research, obviously yeah. as a result. I want to uh, kind of uh, hone in a little bit on the consultative selling model that happens uh, at the branch level. Do you have any plans to try to bring that online? Oh, I'm thinking live chat, even video on the site, et cetera, that could help. Uh, potential. I mean, is that something that you see down the road? Yeah. So that that's a fantastic question. So um, today we have over 50,000 SKUs that are on our website for adapters and fittings and hose. But we just talked a, a few moments ago about what's happening over the counter, right? Somebody walks in, um, they, they have a problem, they have an issue, they need a solution. And, you know, our, our fantastic employee owners behind the counter are able to diagnose it and basically, you know, build something that's going to meet that, that, that's, uh, that problem. The North Star for the Alaska Rubber Group is in, in our digital transformation is building, which we've already started. We are working with a, a firm in San Francisco, um, and we're going to be building a host configurator that will integrate not only with our e-commerce system, but will be a standalone solution so that if somebody walks into one of our branches and they see a line of folks that are uh, waiting for will call, um, we're going to be able to have a solution or a kiosk of some sort that allows for them them based off of some of those questions and things that are happening behind the counter to give them the options or the business rules on uh, creating a hose assembly. So yes, we are currently working on building a configurator that's going to pull in all of the product information from our PIM. It's also going to, uh, you know, uh, read and also have some, I'd, I'd like to say some AI behind it. That's going to allow at, uh, look at the uh, established business rules and be based off spe specifications and maybe uh, use case scenarios that we're going to be able to produce a uh, an assembly that can be built through our, our, our website and other areas of our business. So that's kind of the, uh, I'm glad you asked that because for us, it's not just launching a B2B e-commerce website. If we can take what's happening over the counter and do that in a way uh, online, that's going to be really kind of the North Star of our, our, our transformation. I, you know, and I like the self-service component of that. Mm -hmm. There's certainly something interesting there. I'm curious too about the integration of humans into this in some way, mm. but anyway, maybe I'll try, I'm not going to try to drive your strategy for the entire organization <laughs> in the last two minutes of the podcast though. I don't think that would be fair. I think there needs to be a gentleman to be just be some of the scenarios and examples I gave you. I, I don't necessarily seeing something configured on our website or us in, in maybe a, a configurator app uh, go straight to production. I think it still needs to go through a, uh, a, a review process uh, because it doesn't matter how 
how great um, you know technology is. There there could be some outliers or uh, you know rules that weren't established because at the end of the day we're gonna there's gonna be a person behind this that's managing it or making sure that we have those rules in there. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I I do believe our organization wants to make sure that if there's something that's gonna be built online and especially the the the, the customer, we know our customers, right? We've uh, established relationships with them. We have people that if, if something comes in over the, the website and it just doesn't feel right, or maybe there's something missing missing based off our, our knowledge of that customer, we're going to pick up the phone or we're going to send a, a, a business text to them and say, you know, listen, we got, we got your assembly, got a couple of questions. doesn't hurt to always uh, be, uh, you know, uh, uh, to double check up on that customer. They actually appreciate it. I like how you're putting the, you know, even though you have such a great focus on technology, you're still understanding the importance of the human component and, mm -hmm. and the knowledge that your customers and uh, and your team have. It's, and it's the understanding great. that that's a bit of a moat in the industry overall, yeah. as you say, yeah. I think it's, a, it's an important, uh, important insight. Look, this is, uh, I think time has flown by. Yeah, it really has. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on the show once again. It's a uh, Absolutely. Uh, I love the opportunity for our listeners to get a chance to uh, learn from your expertise and experience. It's uh, a pleasure as always. Absolutely. Fantastic, gentlemen. Hope to do it again soon. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.